Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hello, good morning and welcome to today's Coach House Beacon. Now, as someone with fewer hair follicles each year, I am obviously not going to be a candidate for the most luxurious hair of 2021. You see, my hair began to recede many years ago. I suspect due to it being subject to long periods in chlorinated water during my swimming days or the peroxide from my hair metal days. Years of shaggy perms take their toll. Either way, I'm losing my hair. My outward appearance is changing and maybe not for the better. And I'm fairly sure, though, that my inward appearance has changed faster and for the better since knowing Jesus and allowing him to conform me to his standard. One of the things that we learn on this journey of of understanding who God is, is that God has a habit of revealing himself to us. And the more we recognise him, the more we will come to appreciate how much revolves around him. Sometimes we can obviously see what's going on. Other times it can be hidden and it takes some digging and closer attention to uncover the truth. And the same is true of God's word. I suppose most of us have heard of the story of Moses in the Old Testament, when he's told to lead the people of Israel against the enemy, in this case, the Amalekites, by holding his staff up in the air. Now we can read this particular story in the book of Exodus chapter 17. And I'm going to start from verse 9. Moses said, Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Now, this all seems innocuous enough. Moses, the leader of Israel, has sent Joshua, his trusted second, who was being trained to take over, to lead the Israelites against the army of King Amalek, who had been harassing and threatening God's people. The strange bit, I suppose, is that Moses will stand at the top of a hill and hold up a staff. And whilst it's been held high, the Israelites would prevail in battle. But if his arms dropped and the staff fell, then the Amalekites would soon start to overcome the Israelites. There seemed to be a lot of stake here, no pun intended, And a lot was dependent upon Moses' obvious ability to maintain the staff held high. So there must be more to the story. Well, there are a couple of obvious conclusions and maybe a couple of not so clear conclusions which might need to be dug out. The fairly obvious one is this. The staff represented supernatural power, as it was the staff that God had turned into a snake during the exodus from Egypt. God had used it to show his superior strength and majesty, and it had become a symbol of God's leading. It was the same staff that had been used to turn the Nile red with blood, 
And in all instances of God's power being shown, it was the staff that was used either to strike or being held high that signalled God's powerful interventions. We can read about these instances from Exodus chapter 4 onwards. And what becomes apparent is that the staff is a significant sign that power has been given. Both Moses and Aaron had a staff that God used to bring attention to himself. But it was never about the person holding it. In Exodus 4, Moses complains to God. In the first five verses, it says this. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? It's a shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Then throw it down to the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. So the staff was a sign of God's power, not Moses' ability. Therefore, the obvious conclusion is that whilst the staff was held high, God was shown to be in control. So that Moses could complete this task, two people were assigned to stand with him and help. Aaron is fairly obvious because he was the high priest and Moses' brother. But the other is less so. But nevertheless, he's of importance. His name was Hur, not Ben-Hur, just plain old Hur. Except he wasn't just plain old Hur. We have to dig to find out why he is significant. When we do, perhaps we can read this from later on in Exodus, chapter 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. So there's a clue. But why is this so important? Well, it's because, if we know anything, the line of Judah is the line from which God promises a king for Israel. Well, maybe the significance of this still doesn't show through. So let's put Moses, Aaron and Hur on a hill and see what they were doing. Moses was God's prophet. Aaron was God's priest. And Hur was of the kingly line of Judah. And they stood together on a hill, holding arms aloft in order to gain victory over the enemy. Remind you of anything? Prophet, priest and king on a hill to get victory. So let's just add something else into the mix. The Amalekites under King Amalek we are told were harassing the Israelites from behind. In other words, they were picking off the back markers in the community of Israel. They were going after the tail enders, the weak or the less defended. Here are God's words about them in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 25. Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary and they struck down those that were struggling behind or straggling behind. They had no fear of God. 
Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land he has given you as a special possession, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. Just reading this reminds me that our enemy today, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. He specialises on attacking when we are weak. But God had a plan for King Amalek. And he has a plan for the devil. And both involve a hill, a prophet, a priest and a king. Now, unlike Moses, we are told that God never grows weary. Jesus stretched out his arms on a wooden cross. He was our king, priest and prophet who never tires and has won the complete victory over the devil. You see, it's amazing what can be seen when we look back what hope there is in God's word, but ultimately what promise is contained for us. This may be preaching to the converted, but it's good to be reminded that Jesus gained the victory when he took all sin, all death and God's punishment on himself so that we will be free from them all. The battle belongs to the Lord, just as it was for Moses against the Amalekites. God's staff was held high against the enemy. Human effort was supported by those around, and today we help each other. We stand against the enemy, knowing that God, through Jesus, has won the victory. United, we stand. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www coachhousechurch.org